0: Thursday and Friday were terrific days for those of us who value the rule of law and want to see our nation governed by its constitution. We're going to discuss some of the latest Supreme Court rulings. The Supreme Court, as you guys know, is now on summer break. But before they left, they issued three landmark rulings that you guys need to know about. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, how are you guys doing today? How was your weekend? Hope it was good. I am looking forward this weekend to speaking for the California Home Educators Association. I will be at the CHIA conference starting this Thursday evening. So if you guys have not checked it out yet, uh, do go to their website and you can register. I believe you can still register online or obviously you can come to the door. I have said before, and I'm going to keep saying it, please, please, please support your state homeschool organization. These are the people who are at the front lines of the fight to retain homeschool freedom in the United States. And we're going to talk about some of the attacks against freedom that are being levied from the highest positions of authority in our country, including, but not limited to, Joe Biden himself. And so if you think for one second that your freedom is secure simply because we have the freedom to homeschool in this country and that it will not be challenged then you need to think again because there are people in this nation who do not value liberty and they certainly don't believe that children should be under the purview and direction of their parents. In other words, parents should be the ones who choose how a child is educated and where. And so these are challenges that are being faced every single day around the country. And one of the best places that you guys can find support and stay engaged is at the state level. So find your state organization and support them. Also, I want to encourage you if you haven't done it already, join the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. These guys are at the front line with over a hundred thousand members now. Uh, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association (hslda.org) is at the front lines of the war to protect and maintain homeschool freedom in the United States. All right, let's talk about this, you guys, because. Like many of you, I have been watching the Supreme Court's decisions come down. I mean, thank God, honestly, that uh, Donald Trump was able to stay in office long enough to put a couple of constitutional minded justices on the Supreme Court. Because we know Sotomayor, totally, that woman got into a canoe a long time ago and paddled as far left as she could possibly go. Uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, remember, she's the newest justice to the Supreme Court. This is the woman who cannot define what a woman is. She doesn't even know. she looks look herself in the mirror every day and goes, what am I? Am I a woman? I'm trying to figure out how Ketanji figures that out every morning. Uh, and so anyway, we've got some very, very liberal still justices on the Supreme Court, but they have been balanced out now by Justices uh, Gorsuch, obviously uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, who remains my favorite justice on the Supreme Court. That guy was straight fire when he issued his opinions and wrote on behalf of the majority for the Supreme Court, especially when it came to affirmative action. So I definitely want to touch on that. But what I want to start with today is a really phenomenal victory for uh, free speech in really what was a landmark ruling at the Supreme Court. This case we've been watching for a long time, and Colorado is really, really good at persecuting Christians, persecuting anybody who uh, doesn't want to go along with their narrative, so in this case, it was another designer. Remember, you guys all remember Mr. Roberts, the case of the, uh, the cake baker in Colorado, who they continue to just persecute and persecute and persecute. It's not because he won't sell a cake to a homosexual couple or it's not because he won't sell a cake to a transgender. So if, you, if those people come into his bakery and they pick a cake out of the, out of the, uh, the case, then he'll sell it to him. But what he said was, I won't design a, ca- a cake that goes against my religious beliefs, that goes against my conscience. And for that, the state of Colorado just bludgeoned the guy in court. So the 10th Circuit Court, you know, over and over and over again, these guys taking this uh, jack, this baker, to court. And they've done the same thing with a bakery in Oregon. The left is not interested in tolerance. The left is interested in 100% total control, total capitulation, they would force you to say things against your uh, against your conscience. They would force you to design a website for an organization that you vehemently disagreed with, that you found morally reprehensible. And this case, another one like it, made its way all the way to the Supreme Court, and that ruling came down on Friday morning. So this was the case of 303 Creative versus Alanis, and 303 Creative. If you're not, if you haven't heard of this case. Uh, was brought by a woman, and her name is Lori Smith, and she was a corporate designer. So she designs websites. That's kind of the main thing that she does. The 303 came from her area code because she lives in Denver. And much like I have the uh, the area code here, which is 360 or 206, unfortunately, if you're in the Seattle area, uh, the government there does not value and does not want to listen to you and does not want to uphold the rights of anyone that falls outside of their religious dogma. And when I say religious dogma, I'm talking about how they feel about the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQIA asterisk, uh, parentheses, exclamation point club that wants you to not only appreciate the way they live their lives, but to celebrate it. And if you won't do that by making a cake for them or designing a website for them, boy, howdy, they're going to take you to court. And that's exactly what happened to Lori Smith And her her court, her case went, as I understand it, she she finally figured out, oh, these guys are censoring my free speech. So she went to the Alliance Defending Freedom. You guys know I'm a super fan of the work that they do. And they said, yeah, absolutely. This is what uh, this is what is happening. They are uh, they're censoring your free speech because Lori likes to work with everybody. She doesn't have a problem working with someone who identifies as LGBT she decides whether or not she can custom design a project based on her beliefs so the content is that they were request and her own expertise has to line up with her personal belief because she is a creator and this is the this is the crux of the whole thing so she challenged an unjust law to protect her freedom and the freedom of every american to say what they believe is right without fear of government punishment now you guys know my strong uh, frustration, my strong disagreement with the way that our current government has acted in the last several years, in particular with relate relation to COVID-19 and the unprecedented, unconstitutional, illegal, immoral, illogical mandate that the government pushed on its own citizens. From vaccine mandates to stay at home, you're locked in your house mandates to you can't go to work mandates to the government's going to give you paycheck to sit at home on your couch and get fat and lazy mandates. The government is operating outside of its jurisdiction. And most of us who love this country and have been watching the news for any length of time have been able to see this coming for a very long time. And so Lori, who sees that this is happening to her, she decides, all right, this federal court judge has not is not going to protect my free speech rights. So she would she then appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Tenth Circuit. Now the Tenth Circuit, like the Ninth Circuit, is a very liberal court. These guys love to make opinions or or uh, hand down opinions that are largely unconstitutional, based on ideology, not on constitutionality. And of course, the Tenth Circuit Court issued a disappointing uh, a disappointing ruling which many lawyers and constitutionalists were calling actually unprecedented in that the circuit court held that the state could compel Lori to express messages that contradict her core beliefs. Now, someone said to me the other day, you know, why do you care? It's not that big of a deal. Listen, we need to care about this because if they can compel Lori to, uh, to do something against her wishes, in other words, if they can say, hey, uh, we know that you believe that homosexuality is morally repugnant to the one who made you, but we're going to force you to participate in a pride parade, or we're going to force you to uh, draw a picture of a homosexual couple or, or draw a picture of a wedding that you disagree with. This is compelled speech. It's much different than free speech. And so what the state was arguing was, We're going to go ahead and compel you to say something that is against your conscience. And that is, in fact, unconstitutional. So Lori appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the court agreed to hear her case. And I believe that those oral arguments were heard in December of 2022. And so just on Friday, they ruled in her favor, and they reaffirmed that the government cannot force Americans to say things that they just don't believe. And so this is really cool because... The Supreme Court reversed the 10th Circuit's disastrous decision and held that the government can't force Lori or anybody else, because now we've got a precedent, to create speech that violates their beliefs. Can you guys imagine what would happen if this had gone the other way? And what's very scary about this is that's exactly what many people in the Democrat Party and the regressive left want for you. They want for the government to be able to compel you to say things that you don't believe in. This happens all the time in communist countries and in socialist countries where people are punished for their beliefs. And in the United States, historically, we have always held that we have freedom to speak. We can say, I might disagree with you. In fact, I may disagree vehemently with you, but I will fight to the death to defend your right to say whatever you want to say. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Well, the left wants to reverse that. They want to move away from the constitutionality that we have enjoyed, long enjoyed in this country and start compelling us to say things. So here's what I thought was interesting about this. So this was a 6-3 majority opinion with the conservative justices winning the case. And praise God, you guys, again, this is why presidential elections matter so much. Joe Biden, who, by the way, this guy is getting sicker and sicker with every passing day I watched uh, last week, I think it was on Thursday or Friday, as Joe Biden literally walked off the set of an MSNBC interview without waiting for them to say, hey, cut, you know, we're done. He clearly is not all there. And he's uh, just spouting talking points. He's a shell of a human being at this point. And we need to be very, very careful about how we elect our next president. And so I've not come out and endorsed anyone. I'm not going to do that for several months. I want to see who jumps into the race and who I think has a chance at winning, who would be at an actual, uh, actually great in the white house, recognizing that we're never going to get a perfect human being, but we want to get someone as close as possible to the constitution who will defend the constitution. And so I'm very thankful for president Trump because he put justices on the Supreme court that care about and will defend our constitution. I've been a little frustrated, you know, in, Full disclosure, Uh, I've been a little frustrated with Justice Roberts. You really kind of never know what he's going to do. But uh, Neil Gorsuch so far has been a a very good addition to the Supreme Court. And I'm just watching now as these, uh, the regressives, the left, I, I think it's hilarious that they call themselves progressives because they're anything but progressive, that the regressive left is screaming and yelling over this decision because what the justices said was you can't compel another human being to say something that they don't believe. And this is what justice Gorsuch wrote as this court has long held the opportunity to think for ourselves and to express those thoughts freely is among our most cherished liberties and part of what keeps our Republic strong. The freedom to think and speak is among our inalienable human rights by allowing all views to flourish the framers understood we may test and improve our own thinking, both as individuals and as a nation. I was thrilled with this ruling, and you guys should be too. Kristen Wagner, who is the general counsel of the Alliance Defending Freedom, said this when the ruling came down. She said, without the freedom to speak, we shutter diverse views, meaningful debate, and the conditions for progress. Regardless of one's belief, race, faith, or identity, no one should be punished by the government for saying what they believe. Political and cultural winds shift, but the First Amendment's promise remains constant. This was a huge win for those of us that love this country and love freedom. And it's something that you guys can be thanking the Lord for. And again, I'm going to just encourage you, watch what happens in the 2024 showdown. Because whoever is the next president of the United States will likely be able to put another justice on the Supreme Court. As long as the Democrats don't get their way and start packing the court, which would be a nightmare. But uh, there's a very good chance in the next year that a new Supreme Court justice, if, one of the, if Justice Breyer, for example, decides to retire, which I think is very likely, then there will be another opening on the Supreme Court and we have to hold the court. That, I think, is almost more important than anything else that the president will do. And so we cannot afford to have Joe Biden in there uh, for any longer than he's already been in there. The man has been an absolute, utter disaster for freedom and for security here in the United States. The next, the next uh, Supreme Court decision that I want to just go over with you for a minute is the decision that struck down Joe Biden's $430 billion student loan bailout. What I find most fascinating about this, this was a stinging defeat for him, by the way, but the most fascinating thing about this is that the I think a large part of the reason why he lost the case was things that he actually said himself uh, prior to the decision to do what he knew was unconstitutional. So he decided, I can't get the votes in the United States Congress to do what I want to do, which is offer loan forgiveness, which everyone knows is just a way for him to pander to college students, right? By the way, statistically, the the people that have these huge debts are people that are getting, they're attorneys. They're people that are actually going to be very, very high wage earners. And no one took into consideration The people that have gone to trade schools or people that decided, hey, I'm not going to go to college and instead I'm going to invest $150,000 in an excavator and I'm going to start my own business. No, no. Joe Biden, in pandering to the radical left and his continued desire that the government be seen as a babysitter and a loan forgiver like a parent who can't say no to his child, he said, you know what? I'm going to do this myself by executive fiat, which was absolutely unconstitutional from the get go. And he knew it. And so he couldn't get the support of Congress. He knew he didn't have it. And so he went around them and it was challenged in the Supreme Court and he lost that court case uh, on Friday. Chief Justice Roberts wrote for the 6-3 majority and this is what he said. The secretary asserts that the HEROES Act gains him the authority to cancel $430 billion of student loan principal. It does not. By the way, if you're not familiar with the HEROES Act, this was a post 9-11 um, relief for those people who decided to go to war against the, the, uh, the countries that attacked the United States on 9 11. And we issued something called the Heroes Act for these brave people that put their lives on hold that had student debt. And it had nothing to do with a pandemic. It certainly had nothing to do with just ordinary people sitting on their couches in their mom and dad's basement. The Heroes Act was for, wait for it, heroes, people who had been in the military, people who had gone to support this country and had earned a level of thanks from the country. And we did that in the manner of loan forgiveness through the HEROES Act. And so Joe Biden wanted to say, hey, I'm gonna use the HEROES Act. That's how I'm gonna issue executive fiat. And that is how we will steal $430 billion from the American taxpayer and pay back the debts of people who are struggling to pay them back. I think that we should start looking at how in the world colleges have been allowed to scalp students, I mean, you guys, these endowments, everything, the college uh, system is absolutely on its head right now. And part of that is because of the student loan program. It is a boon for these colleges and they are taking sore advantage of it. Why don't we start there instead of going back to the American people and asking them for yet another bailout. Listen, people like Heidi St. John, I paid off my student debt and it took me a very long time to do it. My husband and I worked for a long time. I was working nights at the hospital and he was uh, working at a sign shop and doing all kinds of odd jobs so that we could pay that debt off. There is honor in paying off your debts. And for the progressives in this country, or rather the regressives, I'm gonna stop calling them progressive because they're not. For the regressives in this country to say, no, you don't have to pay off your debt is an absolute slap in the face to every other American who did pay off their debt or who started their own business at great personal financial risk. That's what this is. When you sign a contract, guess what? You're in a contract. And so what Joe Biden wanted to do was just say, eh, your contract, contract. It doesn't really matter. And this is how he does everything. He does it by executive fiat. He does it, uh, you know, knowing that he's going against the Constitution. And that's exactly what he did. So I think it's interesting this, the student loan for, uh, forgiveness by the Democrat Party, of course. again, this is just a political football for them. Forget that the, the country is trillions and trillions of dollars in debt and this would have added a trillions more to our national debt. They actually don't care about that at all. Of course, Justice Elena Kagan, who is as about as far le- as far left as Justice Sotomayor and Ketanji Brown Jackson, uh, these women are an embarrassment to our constitution and uh, our founding fathers uh, madison in particular is rolling in his grave right now trying to figure out how they cannot understand basic language in the constitution so the biden administration's plan to eliminate 400 billion of of student loans for roughly 40 million it's laughable it's laughable the united states congress if it has a brain in its head which is re- responsible for the purse strings in this country would have said absolutely no, and Joe Biden knew it, which is why he went around them. But the idea was, um, if you make less than one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year, or you're a couple and you make and you make less than two hundred fifty thousand, that's you guys. That's actually a lot of money. So if you make two, if you're married and you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, Joe Biden's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel your student debt. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. That's amazing. And so uh, he lost that case, and I just think it's fantastic. I think we're going to continue to see uh, that's going to happen probably next year even going forward. They use by and large, and if you get a chance to look up this case, I hope you'll read these. I don't have time to do it on the show today. But by and large, the argument against Joe Biden was made by Nancy Pelosi herself, who repeatedly said, the, uh, the Office of the President of the United States does not have the authority to just carte blanche issue loan forgiveness. That is the job of Congress. We have three branches of government in the United States, the judicial, the legislative, uh, and the executive branch. And we work differently, apparently, than Joe Biden understands. And so he really hurt himself in this whole thing. Nancy Pelosi absolutely hurt him. When Joe Biden was asked early on, could the executive branch issue loan forgiveness he said, and they quoted him many times in their arguments before the Supreme Court, no, the executive branch does not have that authority, and yet what did he do? He did it anyway, and that really is what injured him. finally, today, I'm just going to go over the last decision. There was another one that came down uh, with regard to gerrymandering, and I haven't studied it enough to to really comment on it. but the other decision that I saw come down that I was just hooting and hollering over was the the uh, The justice's decision to end affirmative action for universities. So for those of you who are not familiar with affirmative action, it basically makes it so that uh, people of color, people of uh, Asian descent or Indian descent, African-American descent, basically anybody but a white person could have uh, easier access into universities. So they call this affirmative action. It's been around for a long time. It's basically racism. There's no other word for it. It's racism is what it is. It's favoritism based on your race, which is... Racism. So favoritism based on race uh, is racism or disfavor based on race is racism. It's all racism. You don't. We should not be judging who gets into our universities based on the color of their skin. And yet that's exactly what's been happening. And the Supreme Court struck it down, which I love. I love that they did this. They They absolutely said affirmative action is a thing of the past. We don't need it anymore. And so they've said, we are not going to allow colleges and universities anymore to bring race into the discussion when a student applies for a college admission. And so I applaud these decisions by the Supreme Court. If you get the opportunity, read Justice Clarence Thomas's decision that he issued on behalf of the majority in the affirmative action case. He absolutely excoriates Ketanji Brown Jackson for her blatant racism and says, listen, I was born to a poor family in the middle of the Jim Crow era and our country, while we absolutely have had racism in the past and it is evil in every form. It is absolutely evil what this country has done to certainly black Americans, but to all Americans. We don't talk very often about the black people that own slaves. Slavery is a wicked, wicked thing and it is still happening today. We are seeing sex trafficking at an all time high. There are human slaves all over this country and I think we can agree this is absolutely wrong. But the answer to it is not additional racism. You don't fix racism with racism. You don't fight evil with evil. And so this is exactly what Justice Thomas was saying. And he let Ketanji Brown Jackson have it. And he basically told her, in no uncertain terms, stop letting the color of your skin dictate how you see the world. We've got to start looking at the that uh, the law through the lens of the Constitution. The Constitution says. Uh, that we, we all have equal protection under the law. Every single one of us in the United States is afforded that protection because of our constitution. The Declaration of Independence asserted that all men were created equal and endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And praise God, the Supreme Court affirmed all three of those things in these three landmark decisions. So we do have some good news on the political front. Often we don't have good news, but we definitely did this time. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you are a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast, stick around because I am going to be reading some of Justice Thomas's comments and remarks with regard to uh, affirmative action. And I think you guys will be encouraged by that. If you love this show and you want to support it, can I just encourage you, go to Spotify, click on the subscribe tab, and three days a week, I try to bring extra content, just a few minutes of extra content and some sort of behind-the-scenes information, things that are happening in my life and uh, kind of some things that I think are important for members of the Heidi St. John Podcast that maybe you guys would be interested in. It's just a really great way for you to help me continue to do what I'm doing here. Don't forget, I'm going to be at Chia this weekend. If you're anywhere near Southern California, come on out to Calvary Chapel in Downey, California. That's where I'll be. And then I'm going to be recording a podcast with my dear friend, Pastor Jack Tibbs. A lot going on next weekend, and I can't wait to hug your neck in Downey, California. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and